Geek Top 5, Season 5. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> this is so exciting. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we are just drowning in current events, aren't we? Anyone remember when we used to do top five lists on this show? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's just been a lot of new content for us to analyze and review and discuss. And that certainly hasn't changed today. If anything, it's gotten even more complicated. There, We are coming off of another DC fandom, where DC Comics has decided to promote and hype everything in one place. Um, we're going to try to hit as much of that as we can, but we can't do it alone. With us this week is our very first guest of all time, the one who keeps coming back and bringing the great ideas and conversations. We have Kylie with us. Hello. I don't know why you keep asking me back, but here I am <laughs> and happy uh, to be here. We need a DC here. expert and you are definitely it, let me tell you. Well, I try. Long-time listeners of the show will remember that I hadn't even heard of the Court of Owls last time we were on here. And apparently, like, I don't know, I'm still thinking that's a time travel thing. I'm pretty <laughs> confident there was no Court of Owls when I was growing up. But what can I tell you? Uh, Kylie, our one of our resident DC experts, is going to help walk us through this. So, Graham... How are we going to, we have about 473 billion different topics to hit. Uh, how do you want to sort of group all that together? Well, I've I've put them in a category, a list, uh, and I've tried to put them the, the sort of biggest news all the way down. And we'll just see how far we can get in the course of an hour or so that makes up our, our episode. And whatever we don't miss wasn't worth talking about anyway. That sounds good to me. I think the first thing I want to say is I don't know that the DC fandom needs to be an annual event. There were some things, some updates from from last year's uh, fandom that I felt were like they they were just like, well, we haven't actually progressed much more than we from where we were last year when this event happened. So here's a tiny bit of extra footage, and we're going to keep working. And it kind of felt like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know that there's enough DC content alone to justify a four hour or more convention. Yeah. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, it's cool that they do it and it's, um, it's definitely as a DC fan. Great. Um, but it, unless there's a real update update to get excited and like footage to see some of the stuff I'm like, okay, like you just mentioned it to mention it to remind people that it exists. But, um, yeah, this year there was there's a lot to talk about, but I I agree it kind of uh, isn't worth necessarily like a whole convention for it. Yeah, it uh, th- this reminded me a lot of in the video game community, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Mm-hmm. E3 was an annual trade show, and a few years after it got really big, you'd started hearing stories from developers where they ended up delaying their game because once every six months they stopped working on the game and had to start working on the E3 demo. Uh, and basically throwing together as much as they can to make the game look awesome for the trade show floor and then get back to actually programming. It seems it sort of felt like a lot of things were headed in this direction. And I think almost to a piece, you can tell the ones where the people like actually working on the content were saying, we don't we don't we really don't <laughs> want to do this. Uh, 
uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if we want to leap into it too soon, but like Ezra Miller definitely had that problem. Aquaman had that problem. Okay, um, well, I, I was, I mean, uh, the entire update for the Flash TV show seemed to be like he's getting yellow boots. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally, we're still here, and here's some yellow boots. <laughs> I was just like, well, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about yeah, how they're trying to just. Keep make going. an event out of something make something newsworthy for for this show just to make it uh, into the fandom it's like at least with the marvel and disney stuff it it all seems to be a big disney plus update so you get star wars you get marvel you get all of their their little factories at once focusing it entirely on dc is a lot to ask mm-hmm Agreed. So now that we've crapped all over it, you want to talk about it for an hour and a half? <laughs> yes. I, mean, I can still talk about it, yeah. <laughs> Let's start with, with The Batman, the new movie that is coming out. Uh, that last year, there was a, a teaser that was put out, and this year, there's a, a, a more comprehensive trailer that they did in a little bit of a panel with the uh, director, Matt Reeves, uh, Batman himself, Robert Pattinson, and Catwoman, uh, who is uh zoe kravitz Kravitz? yeah 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 uh i bet you never thought in your life you'd be like batman himself robert pattinson (laughs) (laughs) yep i've definitely been saying twilight batman um friend of the show dave ansel says patman patman oh that's a good one that's a good one i gotta grant him that um but i'll tell you as much as we toss around sarcasm about the guy I yeah, like I'm willing like from what I've seen in like last year's and this year's trailer, I'll give him a shot. Like portraying sort of a younger Batman, I I do buy it. I I am reluctantly impressed by his performance. (laughs) I'm kind of I don't know what is yeah. I'm kind of beyond that the the instinct of like disparaging someone just because of of like one because role in Twilight. Did. That's very yeah. specific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's everyone does things for money. Everyone needs a paycheck, huh. and he's he's he and Christian Stewart and Anna Kendrick and a bunch of the people who worked on those films have dark, have dark brooding like vampire, dark brooding bat. Like you know, it kind of kind of works out in the end. Yeah, there's a natural through line. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how dark he was. He sparkled, for God's sake. That's, but that's fair. <laughs> but it was, it was dark in his heart, in his soul. I'll because say- he was sad because of love, I think. It, I mean, look, it breaks down. Yeah, well, anyway, the trailer was cool. We got to see some more of Colin Farrell's uh, Penguin. And I feel like everyone I talked to about it, and I'm like, that was Colin Farrell looked pretty cool as Penguin. They're like, that was Colin Farrell? Yeah, that's my that's my big hit on this film. Um, I just want to see Colin Farrell as, as Penguin. Like that's all. Like every time I see him in the trailer, I'm like, give me more. Like I just can't wait for that. Um, obviously, like yeah, I'm willing to to entertain the Robert Pattinson stuff. Um, Zoe Kravitz looks interesting, uh, so I'm into it for sure. Uh, it's just Colin Farrell, I think, is like for me definitely the driver. He's definitely standing out ahead of Batman right yeah. now, which might be a problem for this movie. Uh, especially since I think like his most Batman moments are very clearly him doing Christian Bale. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he punches the, the prison thing and shouts. I've watched the trailer twice. I couldn't hear what he said. It was just, <laughs> and then there's another 
build. I forget what the mm. pre, like the, what the build up line is, but it, it's essentially the guy from Batman Begins saying, "Who are you?" and he answers, "I'm vengeance." And it's like, but like, is I'm vengeance better than I'm Batman? Like, <laughs> is it different? Is there? I, I I worry that like the the most Batman parts of this are him riffing off a of Batman who already did it. Well, I mean, at this point, it's hard not to. There have been a lot of iconic portrayals from uh, Christian Bale to Michael Keaton to George Clooney. Uh, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of takes of him out there, and um, it's it's going to be anyone who takes on that role going forward has such a mountain of, of iconic portrayals to be compared to it's, it's hard and there's only so much you can do with it. I think. Yeah. I do think that like listening to Matt Reeves talk though, it does make me excited for the project just because um, the way he speaks about it and like how much you can tell he really likes the, the like core source material material and stuff like does make me sort of, have uh, confidence in him uh, to bring at least a good movie to uh, to the Batman world, but um, yeah, it's it'll be it'll be interesting. That's for sure. I'm excited. I hope I'm cautiously optimistic, um, and I hope that uh, I'm blown away by it. Again, Colin Farrell. That's all I need. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned the Riddler yet, although they're obviously keeping that in their back pocket. But the idea of a dark Riddler is going to be pretty cool. You know that. We'll see where I that's going. Yes, so I <laughs> Riddler's a tough one. They're they're making him look like the Zodiac killer or something like that with the bag over his head and and um his sort of a saw approach. Yeah. His his like the one riddle you hear in it is like what's black and blue and dead all over you? And I was like, that's not really <laughs> clever i don't I, mean, I don't think that's a riddle so much as it's just a, <laughs> a supervillain monologue but i hear you um we should wrap up and move on because there's so much to talk about but just before we do i just want to touch on i'm 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 not happy with the batmobile so far is that just me being picky did you guys have thoughts well, I mean, I don't think anyone was terribly excited about the Tumblr when it first appeared, but it grew on you. The Tumblr being the like tank Batmobile mm-hmm. from from the Christian Bale movies, but it ended up winning us over within the movie. I, I mean, this doesn't look like a Batmobile, almost in the opposite way from the Tumblr. Like the Tumblr went way too far in the armor and militarism, and this goes like too far in the direction of a sweet seventies hot rod. But that being said, it does look like a sweet seventies hot rod, so it has that going for it. Okay, I can see that point of view. Sure, it's kind of in in some ways it feels like it's going back to the original comics where the first Batmobile was basically just a car that was black, and this right, is but, but that was what like not quite a hundred years ago now. <laughs> like it's oh god, yeah. Yeah. It's a Tesla, right? This one? <laughs> oh, it's just a Tesla. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was neat. I, I mean, my favorite. So so much of the trailer for me was it just, like you said, it kind of felt more of the same for from the, the Christian Bale Batman. Maybe like that, the grittiness of the Christian mm-hmm. Bale, Christopher Nolan Batmans, but more so. And the the thing like we keep going back to Colin Farrell but he that moment where he's driving away and there's the explosion behind him and the Batmobile's gone and he's like ah his like lunatic joy at yeah. the thought that he killed Batman that sold me on it I was like that's something I haven't seen before in a Batman movie that looks cool the rest of it 
feels very, you know, uh, grim dark, as they say, and almost like like with the Christopher Nolan ones, I was like, well, I don't know how you go darker than that. Although I suppose people were saying that all the way back with the Tim Burton movies, and and yet they keep finding ways to do it. And at, at some point, you're just gonna lose the flavor of it, and it's just gonna be a dude in a cape beating the crap out of mental patients. So Batmobile's okay though. Yeah, I like the Batmobile. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, okay, so the next thing that we got last year, The Rock did some uh, revealed that the Justice Society is going to be in the Black Adam movie, and he uh, showed some concept art. This year, he had a tiny bit of behind the scenes footage and a mostly cut for early scene from the movie. So again, we're we're like doing baby steps here. Every year, we're going to get a little bit more of this Black Adam movie. But uh, my main takeaway from it is. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate is just like, ah, that is exciting. That's literally all in caps in my notes. <laughs> like, I'm like, I never thought that like, again, like when you, when you hear the casting, you're like, oh, this could be really cool or it could be really, really not good. And like, I don't know, just watching him and even his voice and just hearing him talk, I just was into it. I was into it and it comes out next year on my birthday. So like, pretty much. So I'm like, yes, give me it. <laughs> Um, but he's definitely uh, my one to watch for that one, for sure. Can I ask you guys, do we know, I I mean, so as, I mean, I don't know comics as well as you, but Black Adam is the bad Shazam, is the quick, quick version. Uh, because of that, I sort of expected that this movie was going to have a lighter tone than I got from this trailer. Uh, like, this trailer seemed to be like, it was super serious, and I sort of expected a little, like, put it this way. There's a scene where he grabs the soldier and, like, lifts him up with one hand because he's so strong and slowly turns to look at him. Like, I absolutely expected that they were then going to reveal the rock's face and have him do the eyebrow. Like, that <laughs> that was the level of sort of levity I was expecting. And it seems like that's not the case. Is, like, is do we know anything about that? Do we think that's appropriate? Well, I mean, I will admit that I am not well-versed on the Shazam Black Adam comic world. Um, from what I got, though, on the movie standpoint, is that he's supposed to be kind of almost the polar opposite of Shazam uh, in terms of feel and character. Because, uh, yeah, like you said, Shazam, he's, like, lighthearted. He's, you know, goofy and all of that. Whereas, like, I think that this is supposed to be, like, I'm the literal complete opposite of, like, he's like he's not evil but essentially like pretty much bad um kind of tough dark character but i that's just what i'm getting from that but i don't know uh did you read the comic you read the comics more i'm pretty sure right graham yeah i've read some of the comics when when he when he was first introduced i think it was a one-off like a single appearance in the the golden age and then they brought him back when dc took on the franchise and, and it was always more of a silly vibe like that something that would fit into the Shazam world and then when he really came back for for good in the early 2000s in Jeff John's JSA run he was definitely darker and and the I think he's sort of like it's the idea of of Shazam the wizard Shazam gave him these powers in ancient Egypt and and he got the same powers that Billy Batson has except he had some bad stuff going on in his life. And he was in a, a place where there was like 
slavery and and evil stuff and he used his power to an extreme to fix that he's he's almost more of an anti-hero or like the you know with great power you know what is the the phrase uh, power corrupts and absolute power oh, corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so that's sort of what happened with him. And then the he the, he wanted more power and went after the wizard Shazam. And eventually he was like locked away for for centuries. And um, so that's what we're looking at. It's like Shazam is kind of wacky fun because he's a wacky kid who gets the yeah. powers. This is what happens if a jerk gets the powers. Yeah, and like for me, I remember like the image that I picture of of Black Adam is like him sitting on that throne with like the blood kind of around him, and like that's what I remember of him. Um, and to me, that was very much a like yeah, like a not a great dude uh, having all of this power um, and knowing how to use it in the in a way that's not great. But um, but that's the image I've always had of him. Like I haven't read, like I said, I haven't read or dived too deep into the comics of him. But I do have that image in my head that I've seen on comic or on a comic issue of him just sitting there in like looking pretty like sinister. All right, so it's yeah, it's not going to be all fun and games, which is going to be awkward because eventually he's going to have to fight Zach Levy, Levi, Zach, going to have to fight Shazam. <laughs> I. I wonder, I mean, it'll be, I I hope so. That seems to be what it would be leading towards, but that feels like a very dark Shazam movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I just, I guess I was hoping it would be a little more, a, a little more The Rock and a little less Dwayne Johnson, but maybe that's not the direction he wants his career to go anyway. I remember years and years ago when they first announced that The Rock would was involved in the world of Shazam at all. That was before the Captain Marvel movie had been even announced. There was like, all we knew was that the rock had something to do with Shazam. And there was a lot of debate about whether he would be Captain Marvel or if he would be uh, black Adam. And uh, I I think even DC teased it like that. And in my head at at that point, he was, I'd known him from some Saturday night live appearances and, and him being a funny guy, I thought he would have made a really interesting choice to be Shazam. Like, like what kid doesn't, especially in the heyday of his wrestling career, didn't like yeah. look at him and be like, I want to, that's who I would like to be when I grow up. And so imagine that wish fulfillment uh, aspect. Uh, I think that would have been cool, but this is neat too. And I think uh, I'm looking forward to it, I, I, especially for all the JSA. You know, just, I, who, well, I was just going to say, like, I wanted to see a bit more of the the, the, uh, the JSA. Like, I wanted to see a bit more of, you know, the characters. But, I mean, they touched on them briefly and showed, like, a little bit of their front of their costume. But I would have liked more of, you know, those characters and seen, you know, what they're doing with them as well. But I guess you can't you can't show everything. Yeah. Or they don't have it ready to show. <laughs> also, I, I think if they had it ready to show, like, they would have been very happy to show it off here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, yes, it was technically a teaser trailer, but it didn't actually show much. Okay, shall we move on to uh, the the sister project to that, Shazam Two: Fury of the Gods? <laughs> yes. All I got from this was, oh, this is another Shazam movie, and <laughs> that seemed to be it. Yeah, the the other big thing, which I think had been announced separately, but this is we get to see them in action a little bit, is that Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren are at least two of the villains in it. So into that. <laughs> so into that. 
Yeah, I I think they look cool. Uh, I feel like I haven't seen either of them in a while in a movie, especially a movie like this. And uh, yeah, I, I I'm excited to see what they can do. And that's about it. Which I yeah. think again is highlighting what we were talking about earlier about fandom. Like somebody went and said, "Well, we need something for Shazam 2. and they said, "We don't we don't have anything. Like we're we're like we're, we're filming and writing." Leave us alone. <laughs> and they had to have something. I mean, I guess we saw a little bit like one shot of Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren in costume. And and that's, I guess, well, but, but again, of course, they're going to be wearing costumes. Like, it's not a surprise. It's not a big reveal. I, I, I just is. Does this count as hype material? I do. Um I do like that DC is now like diving into that older generation of like the Helen Mirren and the Pierce Bronson stuff, though, that like Marvel kind of ha- has been holding on to for a while and doing really well with some of the older uh, actors uh, in their, you know, Marvel movies. But uh, I, I'm curious. I mean, I like I said about um, Black Adam, like Dr. Fate, like that Pierce Bronson was like my like was what I'm most excited about, like Helen Mirren and Shazam. Like it's not something that you would normally, again, think to would ever happen um but i think she kind of fits the like the not the campiness but like i think she kind of would fit the the shazam world um really well and so i'm i definitely want to see what what they do with her and lucy lou because yeah like you said lucy lou i don't i haven't seen much of her in a in a while yeah um the other sort of concern i have for this is is anytime there's a movie with this many characters how is it going to, how is there going to be time for all of their stories? Like they're bringing back the whole Shazam family mm-hmm. um, with Mary and uh, Darla and, and all of them. And that's a, that's a lot of characters to service and to introduce at least two villains and a new character played by Rachel Zegler, who uh, hasn't been, they haven't announced what her deal is yet, but uh it's a lot. It's going to be a packed movie and a movie with the the sort of lighter tone that it has. You can't stretch that out to two and a half hours and have people still be into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the first one for me was, was a nice surprise. Like I went into it, not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, So there is hope that this, but like, again, because I went into that one, not really expecting a crazy, you know, um or enjoy to enjoy it like i like i really like it um this one has a bit more higher expectations on it and so hopefully they can they can execute that properly because the sequel is a bit of a a hurdle to sort of get over okay let's move on to aquaman 2 aquaman and the lost kingdom this is a bit of behind the scene scenes footage that seemed to consist mostly of uh, jason momoa going around hugging people (laughs) So sounds about right. Sounds about right. Checks out. Checks out. I still haven't seen the first Aquaman movie. Really? I know, right? I mean, I'm a bad fan. It's Jason Momoa, so uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amber Heard is Amber Heard, um, but like it was enjoyable. I wouldn't say it was like my favorite DC film, um, but. Like when they told me that they're going to do a second one, I was like, "Okay, all right, Let's see what it is." <laughs> I, I, they are, they are, I suppose, obligated to keep making movies for everyone they had in their Justice League movie. 
So we've got to keep doing Aquaman. And, and yeah, people like Jason Momoa. I mean, he's like genuinely, not just because of the, you know, Momoa-ness. Like, so <laughs> I, so there, I mean, there's nothing about this. Like sometimes they'll announce a movie and you'll say there's absolutely no reason for them to make this movie. I get it. Aquaman 2, I, I get it. Let, let's unbury the lead. I believe it's the highest grossing DC movie to date, at least of the DC EU or whatever the yeah, heck they're I mean, calling it. Look, it was popcorn fun. It was Jason Momoa being what you want him to be um, and making Aquaman cool. (laughs) Like, it was exactly what you wanted. Um, So, like, I had no problems with it at all. It just wasn't, like, anything amazing. It It was exactly what you expected. You just ate popcorn and you enjoyed it, right? Like, for the action and the scenes. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I think part of it is that I... I, This is going to sound contradictory, but I'm not a huge Aquaman guy. This didn't seem like Aquaman, the the Aquaman that I know and love from the comic books, or know anyway. Right, and, and this the character in the in the cinematic universe is Namor. Well, I don't even know if he's Namor. Like he looks like Namor, but he acts like a surfer dude, right? I well, hmm. I wouldn't say. Yeah, I, mean, I, I haven't seen the Snyder cut, but that was certainly his like his Justice League thing. Mm. His character. And the other thing is it's two and a half hours. And whenever I'm like, maybe I should watch this. I always see the runtime and I'm like, oh, my God, two and a half hours of Aquaman. Well, yeah, look, I've seen most of the movies multiple times. This one I saw in theaters and that's all I've seen of it. So Hmm. um, I, again, cautiously optimistic, as I always say with DC movies, (laughs) I am cautiously optimistic. (laughs) But again, I mean, who knows, right? Because we have yeah. next to no details. They exactly. just they basically could have just thrown up a sign that said Aquaman 2 and moved on. I mean, uh, it was a lot of concept but, art and stuff. So it was kind of, yeah, just. Oh, this oh, Aquaman 2. We're going to have fish and, uh, you know, water. Mm, oh, yes. Mm, quite the reveal. Yeah. Uh, they seem to make a big deal about uh, Black Manta's costume. Yeah. Did you not see him in costume in the first one? Um. Oh god, it's been so long. I think at the very end. Okay. I think there is, if I remember, there was um, a scene at the end with the helmet. Black Manta's Black Manta's look has always been very cool, and I I like playing as him or against him in the Injustice games, and mm. partly because it's just such a cool look. So to see that done well and done accurately in the movie is is a nice touch. I'm not a huge stickler for that stuff, but when I see it done especially well it's it's always nice to see so yeah that was nice to see in the the behind the scenes images but uh, again it, it didn't really tell us much more than we already knew yeah i think we're bleeding aqua from a stone here so <laughs> all right well let's go on to the next one the the ezra miller flash movie we got some michael keaton voiceover uh there's a lot of just sort of static images i think the most jaw-dropping moment was when you see flash sort of looking down the camera and there's a, another flash behind yeah. him and a very uh, interesting looking Supergirl uh, behind him on the other side. This movie has been on the shelf, off the shelf, different writer, different directors, all that stuff for a lo- for a while now, right? Basically since they've announced that there was going to be a flash movie. Um, I will say, not going to lie. I was into the teaser. I was, re- I, 
for whatever that's worth, I was really into the teaser and um, the two berries like that, that really like, again, jaw dropping. Like I was like, oh shit, that's going to happen. Like, so I was into it. I mean, I know Ezra Miller didn't seem to be in it when he was talking, but <laughs> I was into it. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> he looks so bored. He looks so bored talking about it. And I was like, are you not excited for your own movie at all? Um but yeah, no, like the the Michael Keaton Batman, like the the cowl, the what I'm assuming is probably potentially the Batmobile under the um it's at, for me it's either the Batmobile under the like uh tarp or whatever blanket that he pulled across or it's the um the treadmill, right? Doesn't he um from um mm. Flashpoint? Those are the two things I was thinking of. Um, well, I hadn't considered the the treadmill at all, but I believe it's like the cosmic treadmill or something like that. That's yeah. kind of a silly Silver Age concept that uh, Flash could run on this fancy treadmill and and I think go through universes or, or different times. Yeah, and I, it's part of the Flashpoint stuff. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, I oh, that would be a weird thing to see in live action. I, well, I mean, weirder things have happened in the DC universe, I'm sure. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, no, I uh, for what it's worth, I was into it. Fair. I I have some, I mean, I was a little concerned as much as you talk about the other Flash and the Supergirl, I mean, the climactic moment of this teaser seemed to be the reveal of the Batman cowl. And I just I feel like if you're making a movie about one character and your trailer highlight is another <laughs> character, there might be like, maybe it would have been cool if they showed the flash doing something cool that made me want to watch the flash. Cause I'm already getting a Batman movie. I just, I don't know. It yeah. makes me uneasy. I, I can respect that. I, I feel like the thing, the areas where I was a little disappointed were like they're, they, they, they've got Michael Keaton doing voiceover, but you never see him. And that would be such a selling point for me seeing him back in the costume, but I guess they're saving that. And then like you said, with them pulling the tarp off, that felt like such a tease. He's, he grabs onto the tarp and pulls it and then it cuts to black and you never see what's under the tarp. And it's like, this is there's no release i need release i guess that's that's what a tease is that's very Ah, (laughs) now i'm just i'm like so your big your big final moment was a tarp and and it's like it's not good enough what i I need more what i would have loved again if they're doing the whole which it seems like the flashpoint stuff i would have loved 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 to have jason momoa and um and Gal Gadot like show up as Wonder Woman and um, Aquaman in their storyline during that whole thing of them fighting each other. Um, I would have loved like a tease of that, just a tease. I don't know if they've confirmed to be in the movie or not. I can't remember, but like just a little tease of that would have been like, oh shit, for me anyway. So just remind us what's what's their storyline in Flashpoint? Um, I believe that the they oh god. I don't want to get this wrong, but from what I remember, it's they were to be married to join Atlantis and the and the Amazons in a like alliance sort of thing. And it basically blows up and they start this massive, massive war um, that basically drags the rest of Earth in with them. Um, And they're constantly fighting each other on on the side. But I think I believe it started with they were supposed to have an alliance marriage um, that blew up, basically. Okay. For for me, I wish they were staying away from Flashpoint. It's like I 
I didn't enjoy the crossover event in the comics that much. It didn't do much for me. And yet every flash story now in, in uh, TV or movies seems to revolve around that one storyline. And it's like, there's flashes existed almost as long as Batman and Superman have. There's more you can do with them. There's more than the one story. And yet there's, a flashpoint animated movie. They did flashpoint very early on the TV series. And now they're doing flashpoint in the first flash movie. And I, I I'm enough, enough with the flashpoint. <laughs> you can there's see that also, Batman enough of the Batman, but the, 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 there's a million Batman stories <laughs> and they're know, not always done on the same I one. Know. At least there's different villains every time. This is just always Barry versus Barry going back in time. But the thing that also struck me as uh, odd is like there's a there's a shot in the trailer where he's walking down the suburban street in front of a house. And that felt so much like the TV series. Yeah, it a- almost felt like. Did you just cut that scene right out of the TV series? Well, like, just go take new territory, do something different with the movie that they can't do on the show. But also, you forget that that Flashpoint was written by Jeff Johns, <laughs> who is in charge of all the DC stuff. So there's a right. reason probably why it keeps coming back yeah. up. <laughs> that adds up. <laughs> yeah. Remember that brilliant idea I had, guys? Yeah, let's just do it again. But anyway. That made I'm- me your boss. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I'm just excited for Michael Keaton, to be honest. That's part of it, too. Okay, well, let's uh, transition out of the world of the silver screen and on to uh, the small screen, although I've seen some TVs in people's houses that are bigger than the movie theater screens. But let's first talk about the Gotham Knights game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want it so bad. <laughs> I want it so, so excited. Bad. I want it so, so bad. Remind me, is this part of the Arkham game continuity or is this sort of adjacent or a completely this new continuity? This is the one that is not part of the continuity, it just appeared, but seems to have had the exact same events preceding it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. As opposed to the other game, we'll be talking about the Suicide Squad game, which is a part of the Arkham continuity. Just mentions Arkham a lot less. It is very <laughs> okay. characteristic of DC getting their stuff in a mess. But yeah. that being said, does look super fun to play. I don't think we saw a single thing that we didn't see last time. Yeah, I mean, it looked pretty similar. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was not not a ton of like surprise reveals. I guess um, it still looks good. Uh, it's post Bruce Wayne's alleged death. Yep. Uh, you have four playable characters. You got, you got your Batgirl, you got your, your Nightwing, your Robin and your Red Hood. Uh, you can play up to four player co-op, which is the big draw for people doing Bat family stuff at the same time. Uh, you're going to be wandering around Gotham at night fighting all the Batman villains. And also the Court of Owls is there now. <laughs> and uh, they're very scary, apparently. They because the, the the owl is the natural predator of the bat. <laughs> so that so is that. But yeah, I don't think there's anything revealed, like any cool new features. Uh, this was just them saying like, hey, we're we're still making this. It still looks good. And it does look good, but it, I don't think it counts as news. No, it doesn't was, have it doesn't have a full date yet, from what I know. Right, it's still just twenty twenty two. They didn't give it an actual date, from what I know. I, I believe it's correct. Yeah, um, 
which is smart, <laughs> which is smart. Uh, in, in the video ways. game world, yeah. Yeah, in the video game world. Um, I'm, as somebody who doesn't play multiplayer, I'm very excited and curious to see how it'll work with playing the multiple characters. Um, I'm assuming from what I saw, it's like they all have different sections of Gotham, I think is what I saw from last year. And remember, it's like you've got different areas of Gotham they're all in. From gameplay reveals, it does look like like you can like if you want, you can be Batgirl for the whole game. Gotcha. Um, and there are there's going to be simultaneous like like you like you you play Batgirl for three levels, and then if you want to switch to Robin for some reason, he'll still have level ups and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, although it's one of those games where they scale the enemies to match your level, so it's like, well, what what's even the point then? But fine. It's a video game. It has to have leveling up. It's one of those t- tropes. So fine. Um, the key seems to be like you could play it solo and I'm sure it'll still be fine. But if you're playing online and someone else wants to drop in because the characters play very differently, you know, like someone playing Batgirl and having access to all the bat gadgets will be a lot different from Red Hood having machine guns <laughs> and playing together like that opens up new opportunities or things you can do with both working together like dual techs and chrono trigger that you couldn't do separately that seems to be what the major draw for this is going to be uh very, <laughs> i'm glad I, you you dropped a, a reference to help us understand this concept for a from a game from like 30 years ago <laughs> I, know, I was like really we're going chrono awesome. I, I, also one of the like most successful video games of all time i'm gonna stand by that one <laughs> uh, I think that works out just fine. Um, but yeah, this is the the idea. I mean, the idea from their perspective is that they're going to sell four copies of this game for every right. copy they sell, because the ideal way to play it is you and three friends yeah. uh, to work together on it, which has been tried before with mixed success. So power to them. Um, but they but they will accommodate if you know you're, you 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 don't have friends and have to play it <laughs> I solo, don't have so. friends, Jesse. Oh, well, no. Or if no. you know your friends like, like you know got like got houses and kids and have like grown up <laughs> stuff to do when you're playing PlayStation. That that happened to some of us too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think the biggest um new information, I guess, if you could call it that, is that there's gonna be different types of talons, and the talons are like the the super powered members of the Court of Owls, they're super powered assassins. assassins out, yeah. yeah. And so there's in very video game style, I'm sure there's going to be like a big tank like one and like a stealthy jumping around one. And, and you know, you'll just need different skills to take them all down. Whereas in the comics, they were all basically just assassins. assassins. Yeah. OK, well, let's move on to Suicide Squad versus the Justice League or kills the Justice League. Kill the Justice League kill the is the subtitle. Right. So. Uh, it looks like Brainiac has invaded Earth, a la Injustice 2, and has taken control of the Justice League, and a ragtag crew of the Suicide Squad have to have to defeat the Justice League, and then uh, presumably also Brainiac. So last year, we basically just got a story trailer. This year, we got a bit more. What'd you guys think of it? I mean, for starters, the first thing that hit me was I think there were there were at least two, maybe three evil supermen at DC fandoms. So already I'm kind of a little shaky on that. Um, and also, I, I mean, the new Suicide Squad movie came out this year and it was mostly forgettable, which is a huge improvement over the last Suicide <laughs> Squad movie. 
but I mean, it seems like a lot of this game, like, it's not a direct tie in, but there's a lot of inspiration. You know, the Harley Quinn in this game looks exactly like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Like, you know, King Shark is only there. Like, it's the same feel to it. Um, otherwise, it seems like sort of the same kind of game as Gotham Knights. I mean, different tone, but uh, like yeah. four, four characters uh, go through, like, in this case, Metropolis instead of Gotham and just, you know, beat up the, the superheroes until they come back to their senses, I guess. Um, I'm not against it, but I was, it was also just kind of like... I, I, with video games, there's only so many times you can do the story trailer. I know what the story is. The interesting part is the moment-to-moment experience, and I didn't get that. So why did you show it off at Fandom? <laughs> Same reason they showed off Ezra Miller getting up in front of the camera going, Hi, guys, I make <laughs> movies. <laughs> so yeah, that was my takeaway is I'm a little cynical about it. But, I mean, I it, it looks fine in the way that all pre-rendered cutscenes designed <laughs> specifically to hype things up at a trade show or do. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that this game has been made because of the success of, you know, the interest behind the Suicide Squad. Um, I didn't want to say success, but the interest behind the Suicide Squad. Um, I, To me, this feels very much like, I don't want to say like the Avengers game, but like, I just, I don't, I don't, it doesn't excite me as much as like the Gotham game does, but I think it's just because I'm, I don't care to have too many, I mean, I'm saying this as I know there's too many characters in the other game as well, but like, I just don't, it doesn't draw me in yet. Like, it looks like I'm watching the movie again. Um, but I mean, like, it feels better with Gotham Knights, right? Because like the Bat family are such strong characters. Yeah. Whereas the Suicide Squad are kind of a one-note joke. Well, and the characters are so one... Like, they're, they're, they've they got their shtick, right? So it's like, okay, I know what I'm getting into with Harley. I know what I'm getting into with King Shark. Like, whereas, like, at least the Bat family, I feel like each character, like, you'd want to play as itself. You could play the whole game as just Batgirl or as just Red Hood or whatever. Whereas I feel like the Suicide Squad game, I'm going to want to flip between the characters because they're all going to have such varying, I'm assuming abilities and stuff. But that to me isn't exciting as like following one character through the whole game or, you know, with like the odd, it's like when I played the Lego, okay, it's not the same thing I know, but when I played the Lego <laughs> games, I got so frustrated because I was like, why do I need this character for this one task? And this character, like, I just couldn't, it was like, can I just play as like Lego Batman the whole time? So maybe that's right. just my, and you sim- never, and no one ever wants to play as Captain Boomerang the whole time. Exactly. So I'm like, right? I don't, I don't know. I think you do know. I think we've hit on it. Like that Gotham Knights is like all four of those characters are interesting. They're gonna have interesting relationships with each other. Yeah. Like they're gonna, they're definitely gonna conflict. And the Suicide Squad, it, it, you know, the Margot Robbie show and 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 friends, I guess yeah. they they kill people. They're bad. Yeah, I mean, oh. I will say though, if King Shark can eat someone, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. gonna do it. <laughs> I guess my one uh, thing that I enjoyed out of it, or, or or the the one piece of from the trailer that caught my eye was the fact that Amanda Waller is uh, being voiced by Deborah Wilson and looks exactly like Deborah Wilson. And uh, I don't know that that uh, surprised me that they they went so far as to make her look like that much like the voice actor as opposed to skewing more towards the character design from the 
the comics or even the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I, she looked neat. It was a, it's a striking yeah. look. She gives a uh, penguin a, a one over in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So next let's talk about where we were originally going to have our old friend, Jonathan Cashmore back to talk about, uh, this fandom as well, but he experienced some technical difficulties, but we're going to talk about one of the things that he was most excited about the peacemaker trailer peacemaker being one of the characters who uh, from from the new Suicide Squad movie? Who is getting his own TV spinoff? Uh, did you guys watch that trailer? I did. It's uh, it's James Gunn again, right? He's actually doing the show too. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Cash I mean, said that uh, he directed um five out of the eight episodes. Okay, all right. I, Pretty I, impressive. I, I trust. I, t- I trust James Gunn. I liked. Sure. It sounds like Jesse didn't love didn't love the new one. I uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was obviously better than the original. Um, I thought Peacemaker was a great character, fun. Um, you know, he plays John Cena plays what you would expect John Cena to play for a character um, based on some of the stuff he's done recently. Uh, but I'm interested in it. Um, I think it could be fun. It looks like it's going to kind of carry on the same sort of feel as Suicide Squad. And so, you know, it's going to be, you know, James Gunn's going to give you a good ride. But the trailer was cu- I was curious by it for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I like the character in the movie. I like the movie more than Jesse as well. And uh, I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it. I don't I I don't know what it's going to be airing on in Canada. It's an HBO Max right. exclusive thing. So or probably Fancy Crave. But um, <laughs> Fancy <Crave>. it's <laughs> it's. I don't eight episodes feels like a lot for for that character, but you know if the reviews are good, I'll check it out. Yeah i I was more <laughs> impressed with the trailer than I thought it would be, like almost reluctantly. <laughs> like the character, I mean, the character is supposed to be unlikable in the movie, and he did it well. I don't think that uh, I think that somebody has decided to try and shoot John Cena along a Dwayne the Rock Johnson trajectory, and I don't know that he has that in him. Um, but the, uh, like in the movie, he sort of had like a Duke Nukem kind of thing to him a little, you know, like the big dumb buff, just again, he was supposed to be unlikable. And I was kind of surprised because in this trailer, it looks like they're planning to like take him on an arc that sort of redeems him a little, like a character very, very, it's a very clear line. Like, you know, if you weren't such a jerk, people wouldn't think you were such of a jerk and he seems to be considering it. Uh, so that wasn't what I expected and I kind of like it. I, I'm very, I, if it wasn't James Gunn, I would be extremely suspicious, but I kind of <laughs> trust that he knows how to do that and do it in a fun way. Uh, so it's, so yeah, I, I, I was more compelled by it than I thought I'd be. My only concern is typically I find when you have a character that breaks out, like a character like Peacemaker is a great supporting character in the movie. I am, I'm a little weary of them when they get their own show and try to make everything about them because it can not work as well as it does when he's a supporting. Um, and then I did love what I read about how the fact that Peacemaker has a pet bald eagle named Eagly, I think is how you say it, um, and that he steals the show. So that to me is exciting because I'm really hoping... Uh, James Gunn can pull another Groot kind of character. I mean, it'll be very different from Groot, obviously, but like that kind of love for that secondary character. 
Yeah, they, they, they have the or he's hugging the eagle in the garage. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, <laughs> everything about that was a pretty funny setup. Yeah, I love the his dad played by Robert Patrick, who is yep. the the T one thousand in Terminator two, amongst many other things. I I liked uh, I believe it's Danielle Brooks who is a new character. The actress is is playing a new character introduced in the series, and she was great. She stole a lot of scenes on uh, Orange is the New Black. And uh, but to me, one of the things that I found striking was Vigilante, who's a a <laughs> I guess he's being used as like. A similar character to Peacemaker, who he Peacemaker is kind of freaked out by, and it's like the dark mirror or whatever. And his costume is dead on what it is in the the early days of the comics. It was very weird seeing someone in real life wearing that because he's not a major character. They tried to make him happen, and he did not happen. And so to have this weird failed character show up in real life in the exact thing that he was wearing in the eighties is, is pretty cool to me. It sounds like a bit of a meta narrative. I, I very strongly suspect from what we've seen of him, that that'll be part of the character in the show as well, that he's kind of a nobody and didn't quite make it. <laughs> uh, so cash said that it looks like dumb fun and, uh, and he's, he's excited to see it. He, he liked the suicide squad, which was hilarious and well-balanced. Oh, I forgot they had vigilant. Sorry, I forgot they have vigilante on Arrow. I bet he didn't look as good as this one. No, did. he does not. I forgot they <laughs> had him on the uh, on on season five uh, and six. Uh, yeah, no, he's not. What uh, this this version looks way better. I gotta tell you, I don't know anything about the character, but I appreciate the direct on the nose nature of his name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not holding anything back. Yeah. Okay, so next, let's talk about the Blue Beetle movie. I I don't even feel like I knew this was in the works, but there's uh, all we really got from Fandom on it is uh, one piece of art uh, showing what they're going for, and the the uh, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce this Latinx creative team. They're like Latino guys uh, who are are directing it and starring in it, and uh, it'll be about Jaime Reyes, that version of the character, and uh, the thing that I found interesting from the piece of art is he's in front of a cord industries building and Ted cord is the silver age and bronze age um, blue beetle. And so he's going to play a role in this too. It's not just going to be Jaime on his own. It seems like it might be like a Scott Lang to Hank Pym kind of relationship. Like we saw in the Ant-Man movies. Yeah. Yeah. I buy that. Um, I'm just because of the, the mood of the image. My first thought was like, Ted is going to be a mentor of some sort who's going to turn out to be a villain in the end. I kind of hope they don't do that, but you know, it's a way to go. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember I heard about it coming and like there was talks of it. Um, so look, I'm not, I'm not well versed on blue beetle. I've never really been a big blue beetle, um, like comic fan. I haven't really read much about it, but, um, the suit looks kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know that much about this version of the character. Other than that, he gets his powers from like a a scarab um, icon, and it's it's so his whole shtick is different from Ted Cord, who's kind of more like Batman Light, who he's he doesn't have any powers; he just uses his vast wealth to build junk to help him fight crime. And Batman Light is it's not a bad pitch. 
I mean, it's sort of arrow, actually, but <laughs> so, but that worked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> let's move on from that. Uh, I guess the next thing in the line of uh, possible conversations is uh, there was a little panel about Wonder Woman. And the big news takeaway from that is, surprise, surprise, there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3, and uh, Patty Jenkins is going to be coming back for that. I still haven't seen Wonder Woman 84, and I've heard mixed things. Um, But, I mean, I like the first one, and she was definitely the best part of the Justice League era movies she was in. Yeah, I... uh... Yeah, <laughs> my heart hurt <laughs> when I watched the second one. Um, I should rewatch it. Maybe I'll like it better the second time around. Um, but because I had such high hopes for it when it came out, um, the first one's just on its own league. Like you can't even compare it to it. Um, I'm look. I'm excited. Any more of Wonder Woman and the Amazons and all of that story I can get, I will take. Yeah, I mean, I it it feels like it's. I, I guess we don't know that much about it, but if they're relying on Patty Jenkins to do it, it's going to be a ways away since it's uh, she's got the the Rogue Squadron movie next, at least I think. So so if they're sticking with their guns and keeping it in the Patty Jenkins Gal Gadot thing, we're looking at I don't know four years maybe before we get another Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, I mean, they did announce, I believe they announced a Wonder Woman comic, uh, Wonder Woman Trial of the Amazons, I'm pretty sure for next year, um, with like a huge crossover event. Um, so that at least will hold me over until <laughs> until I get the movie. I mean, we, it, it's tough to say because of the whole COVID upset, but like movies announced like four years at minimum in advance. I mean... I'm not feeling terribly confident. Like I feel like there's nothing to say they won't just completely change what sh- everything from showrunner to whether or not it's being filmed to who's going to be in it to is it even happening. Uh, I kind of feel like this is pie in the sky kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot to ask, and and um, the whole DC uh, film universe is kind of up in the air because. The, the Snyder, who is the linchpin of it, he's out and his whole uh, shtick with the Justice League movie, that's that aspect of the universe is done. So what is this even going to look like? Is it going to tie into anything? Does it need to tie into anything? A lot of questions here. And, um, yeah, you know, everyone's getting older and, and like I know there's a lot of age dividing stuff going on. But when you kind of want your superhero to be within a age sweet spot and uh and by the time gal gadot is in wonder front of the cameras girl. for this <laughs> wonder girl <laughs> or they'll just reboot it you know Fair. Yeah. they'll get Kristen stewart and they'll do they go along with pat man and you'll have like twy wonder woman, twy wonder woman. <laughs> all right well so we're at the one hour mark, just about, and uh, I wonder if we each have like one thing uh, remaining one? from from what. Oh yeah, yeah. Could you? Can you? We could probably jump back and forth between a couple. I mean, there's a, a lot of stuff on here. I was gonna say like one each, and then we'll Go with that, there. and then see why what our time is like. Oh god. Okay. All right. Who wants to lead off? Um. I'm just going to mention this because it blew my mind. Um, the Sandman and okay. Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer Morningstar. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. It, it, it looks was, uh... 
Ah, man. I don't even, like, I can't, again, it's, it's, is it Netflix though? I think it's happening. Yeah. Netflix. Um, but like my brain just can't, cause I, I watched like Lucifer the show. And so like my brain can't comprehend it, but like I'm into <laughs> it. Like I'm so into it. I love her and I think it's going to be such a great, I, I hope they do it well. I hope they do it well. I think it's a really good call to, you know, cast someone as different from Tom Ellis yes. as possible. <laughs> I mean, maybe even the fact that it's two English people might be a little too close because he owns Lucifer so right good. now. Just all across the all across the world, when you say that word, that's what people are thinking of. I don't think they even tie it really to the Bible anymore. <laughs> that show <laughs> is very popular. Yeah, I, I think they it was smart to go in a very different direction, but also in the Sandman comics, he's kind of an androgynous David Bowie type, and so to have Gwendolyn Christie do that. It, it almost makes it more accurate to the comics than the Lucifer character from his own TV show. Oh yeah. The TV show is a bit of a departure. Uh, if you, it, people like to tell you that, you know, that Lucifer show, it's inspired by the Sandman comics. It's, it's really, it, it's a stretch. There is not a lot of overlap. That, that show is its own thing for sure. Right. It's a, what were the comics were a starting point. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Whereas this is Lucifer in the Sandman, it, it, that's going to be very different. Uh, and admittedly, the one I'm kind of looking forward more to, I just, I, I could never really get into Lucifer, although it's just, it's in, it's on in the house so often. I think I've got <laughs> really? oh most God. of the episodes under my belt. It's like Castle, essentially, but with the devil. Love it. I'm here for it. That is a very good way to put it, actually. <laughs> that, that sums it up really well. It's Castle, but with Tom Ellis instead of Nathan Fillion. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying Nathan Fillion's the devil? I mean, there's <laughs> a reason stupid. Castle ended. Oh, man. I, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, uh, who's next? That was mine. Uh, there is, they're coming up with an Injustice cartoon cartoon or animated movie or whatever it is and i feel like it's such an unnecessary project <laughs> but it what ed boon is involved in it and i wish that guy nothing but success so it's hard for me to poo poo it <laughs> who is um, ed boon ed boon is the guy short short version he's the guy who invented mortal Kombat. um and John Tobias, but mostly Ed Boon, and he's still doing Mortal Kombat. And a ways back, he his video game studio, NetherRealm Studios, made a deal with DC, and they made a DC Comics-themed fighting game video game called Injustice, which is based on, like, what if the, the Justice League went bad? And, and so, ooh, Injustice, ooh, spooky. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I criticize it, but I really love their style of video games. They do fighting video games that are complex and fun to play, but also have these really intricate story mm -hmm. settings. Like, there'll be 10, 15 minutes of dialogue in between the actual fights, and I'm a big fan. Um, Injustice was great. Injustice 2 was also pretty great. Um, less interesting story, but many more collectible costumes, which is why Graham still plays it. <laughs> um, but it also told this story about this this slightly alternate Earth where, like, our, like you know, the Justice League we all know and love got to visit a world that's been conquered by an evil Superman and his allies. And what do they do about that? Uh, I feel like the evil Superman trope has really been done a lot. 
Um, and it works out better in a video game where it makes more sense for every 15 minutes there has to be a dramatic fight. I mean, there already has been a tie-in comic called yeah. Injustice, like both to promote the video game and then just to keep running because people keep buying it. But it's I don't think that's DC's best work. I don't think there's anything here begging for a cartoon. Uh, but they're doing it, and they brought Ed Boon into it, which is showing a lot of respect you know, for the creator. It's his material, like, so props on them to that. Um, there are some clips on it that I was completely underwhelmed by, including somebody doing a terrible Joker. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oof, basically, it's, it's, it's there. I mean, if you're interested in Elseworlds kind of stuff, like that's, and you don't want to play the video game for some reason, you could watch this cartoon, I guess. So there's that. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I like, I like the game, and I think you, you need to for when you have a superhero fighting superhero game, it helps to have a good reason for it, and and they generated that for the the games. But when you extend that story into a comic book narrative or or a film narrative, I'm l- a lot less interested in it because you know I, I don't I don't need that, and it's like. It's so dark and like the the premise is Joker tricked Superman into killing his own family. And so now Superman's all super angry and it's just like icky. I, I don't like it and it's I, I don't get the appeal. It's like I, I don't mind superheroes fighting superheroes. That's that's part of the fabric of comic books whenever there's a superhero that shows up on another comic book they fight each other realize they've made a mistake and team up and that's just how it always is and marvel did civil war which i think also uh, could be seen as like a, a, a an unnecessarily dark take on superhero characters but i feel like the motivation was better you didn't have to fundamentally change the characters in order to to have that conflict happen and it was a conflict that they were able to resolve you can't resolve superman you know murdering people that's it, it, so it it's just not for me and i don't need to see it in a movie i don't think also, Superman kills Billy Batson, which I think may have poisoned you against it, regardless of how good it is. Let's be fair. Um, I mean, ugh. I will say the only thing that the only good thing that I think that came out of the Injustice comics was um, the Harley uh, and Black Canary team up that I was into. All right, I'm glad you didn't say the thing where Superman in a fantasy sequence is willing to break Batman out of jail because that gets shared around the internet a lot, and I hate that it's like no. that is not what these characters should be no Gah. and people are injustice like oh look at this is the best they're such good buddies Gah. no injustice 2 there's a like a harley and um green arrow and uh uh black canary s- stuff that i loved um but that's just because i have uh as jesse knows when i got very very angry um <laughs> i do love <laughs> black canary so <laughs> all right well my thing that I want to end us on, I guess, is, and I can't believe neither of you talked about it, Bruce Tim, the creator or co-creator of the old Batman animated series that we grew up with, he is making another Batman animated series, and he's joined by Matt Reeves and J.J. Abrams, and it's like yes. going to be like the animated series, but more so. The Cape Crusader, it, right? Batman Cape Crusader, yeah. he called it? 
yeah, it's darker and like in the forties and very like going back to sort of Batman's noir roots. Yeah, I'm I'm way on board for that. And like the idea of Bruce Tim being able to do something without any network TV shackles and <laughs> having those the the other creatives who are working on it uh backing them up, it sounds really interesting and I'm excited to see what they come up with. I I agree with you. Again, it's like, you know, they announced it and there's a poster. Right. And that's it. <laughs> that's why it didn't quite grab me. It was Oh, another Batman cartoon at some point, probably before I die. <laughs> I guess I, I'm doing a disservice. Uh, I, also, one of the creatives behind the from Batman Beyond, James Tucker, he's also one of the creators behind it. And uh, I, he deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as the rest of them. But yeah, you're right. There's not a lot to talk about. Like so much of the, the fandom, it was uh, teases for stuff that are so far away. There's not much to tease, but I, I just just that announcement alone, it was enough to be like, I am intrigued. I want to hear more, which is more than I can say for some of the other teases they had. Yeah, I think we can skip right over Super Pets. I was just going to say, <laughs> um, how did we not talk about Super Pets? How did we not really talk though? about Super Pets? I, what? Really? Rex is going to love Super Pets. You know he's going to. <laughs> I hope he does. Ace the Bat Hound. Don't love the casting because they're in everything, but I'm still super <laughs> excited about it in like the childish yeah, the, side of me. The- the cast of that it's a it's an animated very much for kids movie uh with the Maybe rock as crypto the super dog and uh kevin, kevin hart. hart as as ace the bat hound and the main joke from the trailer is that ace the bat hound pees for a really long time <laughs> and so if that is a joke that appeals to you the whole rest of the movie will too i'm sure but <laughs> i just I like kinda, the idea that we're getting a super pets movie i'm not sure i'm gonna even like the yeah. movie, but i love the idea that we're actually like someone somewhere was like hey let's do a super <laughs> pets movie because that's what everybody wants <laughs> see you you came up with that scenario the one i came up with was hey what else is in this box you got to keep making movies yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay uh, we've got uh we've got works. Su- let's try this we've got Superboy, uh super pets i like the dog uh, there's one time this is action figure where batman has skis we could do something with that <laughs> I, the other uh, cast, which I feel like uh, there's a lot of notable names here. We don't know who they're playing exactly, but we've got Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Vanessa Bear, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, Keanu Reeves, and Jamila Jamil. It's a pretty amazing right. list. And we also have Mark Marin as Lex Luthor, our, the, perhaps the pod father, one of the, the leading uh, <laughs> podcasters of our time, is going to be the voice of Lex Luthor. Which is very interesting casting. Interesting. The first trailer didn't grab me. I will say that, but oh, yeah, definitely I not. expect I expect I'll be getting uh, taken to it uh, <laughs> one way or another. Uh, anything else? Any other big things that we want to discuss, or I is mean, that does that I'm, cover the highlights? Batgirl, like nothing was really explained about it much, but like I mean, the girls doing stunts apparently and getting fit for it, so that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, good um, for her. I love the concept art I saw 
of her costume again it's but it's like you can't even see the costume really it's just like for some reason her gloves look like really pointy or i don't know it's really weird for me but i am curious about it and i hope that because i think it's the same writer that did birds of prey so like i enjoy birds of prey but we'll see there's a, a lot of um dc animated movies coming out i think five in total including Cat a Woman? yeah there's a Catwoman oh, the cat woman anime yeah in, yeah. uh, Young Justice, I think, is doing another one. The, the Young Justice is getting a whole new season on yeah. HBO Max. I think it might be out already. Uh, there's a Teen Titans Go and DC Superhero Girls crossover, which I think may be a little young for, for our tastes. Uh, <laughs> the one that kind of intrigues me is uh, Battle of the Super Sons. And the Super Sons is a name for Superman and Batman's uh, sons. And... I I love that concept, so I I want to know more about that. And the, all they've said so far about that is that it's their first all, you know, three D CG DC animated movie. So it's oh. going to be a very different flavor from everything anything we've seen before. Hmm. Did I see? Am I correct that the the dark and sexy Titans are getting another season? That that's <laughs> dark happening. Dark and sexy Titans. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's amazing. Um, but maybe. I it, think it, I saw something great. about that too. Oh, the, sorry. The Dark, Dark and Sexy Teen Titans, you mean the TV series. I thought you meant the animated series, the other animated series. I am I was confused. I yes, was like, Dark and Sexy. Not getting it. <laughs> uh, that F- would be a Batman great, a great I'd watch, I'd watch the Dark and Sexy animated show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not what I meant. No. Yeah, clarified. Um. I will say we do like DC for the record. I don't know if anybody <laughs> on this podcast listening knows that we like them, but uh, we do like DC. No, I mean, we're all caught, <laughs> like, we're all like looking forward to the Batman. Like that's looking good. You know, that, that's up there. Yeah. It's we're like, we want to see more about Black Adam. We want to see more Shazam. They're big things that they were able to drop. I think we're good drops. Um uh, yeah, I think on the whole, Geek Top 5 lends itself more towards Marvel uh, than DC. And I, I think that's true of a, a a lot of the vote, if you will. <laughs> uh, but there was some cool there was some cool stuff here. I just think there was also a lot of like, oh, and this, and this, and this, without a lot of substance is all. The stuff that did have substance, generally thumbs up. The, one of the things that I enjoyed a lot about this, and I enjoyed about it last year too, is that they put a bunch of comic books up for free for you to read oh. as well. So I okay. I ended up reading. <laughs> Here's I <ended> up reading. <laughs> I forgot to get into this. I forgot to get into this. Sorry. I know we're running out of time, but like, can they not do the like the Marvel Unlimited comic stuff here in Canada for DC? It's in the U.S. Give it to me now here in Canada. That is the one thing I, I thought they were going to announce. If they could do Marvel Unlimited here, they can. They should be able to do DC Infinite or whatever the hell they're calling it this week uh, here as well. It's, they haven't it's, done it. They haven't announced when it's coming to Canada or other places outside the U.S. And it is driving me nuts because I was waiting this entire time for them to <laughs> announce that it's going to be available now worldwide. And they did not. And they are losing my business because of it. <laughs> I would be giving them my money 100% I mean, a second. They make it they make it pretty easy during this for you to pick up comics and read through them. It's like if they can get the rights to do that, how hard could it be to just have the whole thing flip a switch? Just flip a switch, please. Yeah. And turn it on. But yeah, no, I, that's the one thing that I was very disappointed about is there was no announcement that I would be getting comics uh, in a subscription <laughs> base. 
well, I enjoyed the fact that they had so many long runs of storylines available for you to read. I, I got through, uh, I, I unfortunately didn't have a lot of time to read this weekend, but I did read four issues of a, the Tom Taylor Suicide Squad mm-hmm. run, and I quite enjoyed it. And, and I'd like to read more of it and a bunch of the other stuff they have up there. And it would be great if, like you said, they put that, <laughs> uh, made that thing available for us in Canada. But I think for now, you can still catch some of the, the comics still available online. So when we're done, go to DCComics.com and see if you can find them. Okay. All right. Well, that is probably not every little thing uh, that came out of the fandom. But I think all the stuff that's worth really digging into, uh, that's that's where all the meat was, as it were. No offense to our vegan fans. I don't know if it's a <laughs> comparable. Where all the, that's where all the tofu. The Beyond Meat. Yeah, that's where all the Beyond Meat was. Uh, So we definitely could have handled that on our own. So, Kylie, thanks so much for coming back. Your DC-ness is desperately needed around here. I'm always happy, always happy to talk. Wonderful. And while we're giving out thanks, uh, of course, always want to mention Oliver Wickham, the guy behind our theme song, does tons of cool stuff. Please check him out on Spotify. He's great. And finally, also want to say thanks to you, to the audience, to the community, uh, the folks who make this uh, so much fun to do, and hopefully we're making it fun for you to listen to. Uh, There's something critical about the fandom that we missed. If you disagree with our opinions on Patman or... I'm, I'm definitely stealing that from Dave now. That's that's it. That's ours now. Uh, on Patman or on the, any any of this stuff, um, we'd love to hear about it. We love to keep those conversations rolling. Graham, how can they get those to us? Please email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5. We're on Twitter at geektop5. You can also go to our website, geektop5.com, and comment on every single episode that we've ever done. And please don't forget to go to your podcatcher of choice in order to give us a five-star or more rating and review. Those ratings and reviews, super helpful to us, both for promoting the show, and it gives us an idea of what you're listening to, where you're listening to it, what parts you liked best, etc. We can make the show better for you exactly the way you want. Just takes a little bit of time out of your day, and you will get to reap the benefits. Uh, in any case, all this fandom stuff, it's, uh, its most of it's been divvied up into various YouTubes and stuff. You can find them all online. Dozens of trailers, double dozens more blogs covering all this information. Plenty enough to keep you busy until we have a chance to do this again. Until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>